kick this off real quick yeah. since I've already started the show before the show even starts. Gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. It's another week. It's another episode of Cincy Brewcast, which means I'm the gnarly gnome. You should hopefully know that by now. If not, um, there's really not much I can do for you. Um, I do this every week, you know. I feel like people, like if you're clicking on this, you already probably listened to the show. You've listened to it before. Yeah, you probably understand what's like, going on You here. can probably read on the thing, like the description of the show. It sure. probably says something about who I am and what I do, so um, I probably don't really need to dig too much into that. But this week, we are coming at you from Streetside, a nice, quiet... I like when I get to a brewery, like before all of the people get to a brewery, it's nice and quiet. It reminds you of like when there weren't 10 million craft beer drinkers in Cincinnati and you could just go sit down and relax in a tap room and yeah. have a nice quiet time. Yeah. Um, Garrett Hickey, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. I don't know off the top of my head how many this is for you, but I don't know. I think you're it's, getting up there. You, uh, I'm definitely not in the lead, but I'm, I think I'm at, I feel like six or seven. Uh, what? You know, what the hell? Let's Uh-oh. just look this thing up. You got notes? Oh, I've got notes somewhere. Um, although the bigger question is if it's up to date. Let's see. That's definitely not up to date. Because I've only got three written down. <laughs> so never mind. My notes are not up to date on here. So last time you were on, or last time you were here was Tequila Mockingbird, which was last yes. July, June-ish. So it's been it's been a couple months. Yeah, we more than a couple. We rolled through a bunch of the uh, the sour stuff that you guys have been doing. Yep. Um, it was right before Luke took off to Sonder and yep. is blowing up the world up in Mason. And um, you guys are chugging along here doing this street side thing that I it, it never ceases to amaze me and entertain me and try to wrap my head around how you guys manage to hit all these different sides of of who you are. I don't want to call it like trendy beer because that makes it sound bad. But No, um, I mean like... You look at the board, and it's pretty. I mean, there's some hype heavy beer up there, but you guys, you guys are knocking out some of some of the city's best New England IPAs, the uh, milkshake beers, um, and then you know you'll be rolling on those for a while, and then you yeah. throw out some kind of super traditional style. Yeah, and, well, then, I mean, and, and then you'll kick Demogorgon out and yeah. blow everybody's socks off. It's it's just such a fun tap lineup of. of different ends of the beer spectrum and it's about to get super traditional because we've got well we just did a pilsner last week uh super traditional german awesome. pilsner and then we've got a very very traditional german esb is, german esb what the hell is that <laughs> well, I, mean, I, don't sure I don't think it's a german esb there's no, probably somebody that has called their style <laughs> that's not a thing that exists uh just a standard esb sorry everyone um, I don't think that's a thing. Is it when you've been kicking out a bunch of New England's or big Imperial Stouts or something? Is it more exciting or less exciting than when you kind of switch gears into something super traditional, or is just the changing of gears in general what keeps it kind of fun and exciting? Um, I, like the the Pilsner was exciting to do. ESB was really just like a a beer just to kind of do something, just get like an amber back on right. tap. Um, the Pilsner is exciting just because it's really like what I drink a lot of right now. Um, What's your favorite Pilsner right now that's not yours? I mean, ours isn't done yet, but, but uh, I, I have I, always specified that. Um, I've been drink, drinking a little, lot of Scrimshaw um, when I go to the bars. Uh, right. Scrimshaw is definitely a go-to. I mean, this is going to sound 
uh, this is going to sound bad, but Miller High Life is my <laughs> is my go to bar beer just because right. like it's I mean it's it's a good beer and whatever it's I know everyone I, that's every brewer in the world drinks Miller High Life when they drink macro <laughs> but that's I mean that's we used to ask as part of the show whenever we were interviewing somebody like what's in your fridge like what's yeah. at home what's in your beer fridge and it just kind of started to get boring because everybody yeah. like, oh, High Life <laughs> yeah well and honestly like I don't drink I I'll drink a lot of beer that uh, like I guess people give me um when i'm at home but they uh like really i don't drink a whole lot of a beer at home i drink a lot of wine or i don't drink at all because i drink here right so it's i mean one of those things where like we 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 drink whatever that we have in the fridge it happens to be there <laughs> right now i've got a whatever i got some Asheville beer somebody brought back for me got some listerman uh got some masthead and then uh I got some. I've got a bunch of Demogorgon low uh, fills. <laughs> speaking of Listerman, have you heard the uh, the latest rumor mill? Which I guess is not really a rumor that they're one of the mini breweries around town looking into the. Uh, I have. The I, think, barrel space I think. I think that's. A, I think that'll be a good spot for anyone who wants it. So, um, for, uh, somebody, who, somebody who lives in Butler County, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you're excited about anybody going in up there. <laughs> Just need more beer yeah. up in my part of town. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of beer, let's drink something. Okay. Um, From the beer fridge. That's why we do the show after all. So, speaking of Demogorgon, this is the Apple Brandy Barrel? Yes, Apple Brandy. Um, I was telling you before the show, as you were pouring this, this is easily my favorite thing you guys have done out of this brewery so far. Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing. I, there's There's been a few Apple Brandy Barrel beers kind of in the last year or so, and sometimes I feel like people either lean too heavy on the barrel um, because... Uh, you know, you, you've got this this fun right. barrel. You yeah, want to showcase it. This is yeah. like that perfect balance to me. It still pops, but it's still Demogorgon. Yeah. So the, I mean, we got lucky that Copper and Kings uh, hit sends out an email about their barrel selection. We got lucky and we got some apple brandy. We got a gin and we got an orange liqueur. The orange liqueur brown is currently on tap. Um, so we just kind of ran with it and. When the time came, we actually thought it was ready like last June, and it was just kind of like we didn't we didn't pull the trigger on, which is right. good because I think it actually I think it improved with a little bit more age. And um, what were the improvements that you could tell? The body's definitely has picked up. It's a little bit it's a little bit thicker. Um, it just has more. It was a lot of because the the Copper and Kings barrels are old. Uh, bourbon barrels. So right. I was picking up a lot of bourbon then, and now I'm picking up a lot more apple brandy. Um, it's a little bit sweeter now. I think a little bit of the ap- evaporation kind of helped with that. Um, just kind of breathing in and out of the barrels uh, helped. Uh, but yeah, that was, I was, I'm glad we didn't pull the trigger then. It would have been cool to come out, but like it was definitely the perfect time to come out. And I loved, I loved canning it. I'm very happy that we did that. So, and that was not an idea that I had last July, June, whenever we were going to do it. So is that going to be kind of the move from now on is cans on almost everything? Um, so right now we're like almost out of bourbon barrels. We've got Imperial Brown. I've got some ideas for what we're going to do with that. Um, but we're kind of deciding what we want to do barrel wise if we want to lean further into sours and mm. get like a fooder because that would be the same spot where the bourbon barrels previously resided or if we want to get out of sours and lean back into bourbon barrels it's we're kind of like at a tipping point we've got a ton of beer downstairs 
um, in the sour barrels, but a lot of it, we had some we had some issues with some malt selection that was not great. Um, so that's if you're if anyone's wondering why we haven't come out with any sours recently, it's because some of the barrels just don't taste very good. Right. So we're just trying to work through it right now and see where we're what we're going to do. And it's I mean it's one of those things where hopefully we we can I, like one way or the other we're going to make a decision. And you're going to see more of one thing or the other from us. So how you'll know how do you make that decision though? Because it you know depending on what other people are doing around town too if everybody is right jumping into this barrel aged sour thing which it seems like is a thing right. that a lot of people are kind of falling into right now right does that change your decision to then well, kind of lean more into the, the, the yeah. traditional big barrel aged kind of things well and that was one of the things where we why we wanted to get out of bourbon barrel aging because we thought that like everyone was doing it really really well we didn't need to be the only ones who we didn't want to be the ones that were doing it as well like right. we didn't want to just be doing it just to do it we wanted to do it because we thought we were good at it when we thought we were good at it and obviously like this beer is very good so um there's like a good reason why we did these things but i mean after releasing these two demogorgons i'm i'm kind of like oh my god did we did i make the wrong choice and i right. and maybe i did but the the for this demogorgon too which you guys just I assume just happened to release on Dark Charge Day. <laughs> it was well, so it was as either I, really ballsy to do or just like an oh shit. Like. Well, and as I like, I I think I've told I've told plenty of people this, but I don't follow a lot of breweries on social media because I do enough brewery stuff right. in general. So like, I don't need to also like my my personal life is already too beer heavy as is. Right, so like, right. the less breweries I follow on social media, whether it's Braxton, whomever. Uh, the better for me because then I'm not thinking about beer 24 um, seven. So I didn't. I lost track of the days, and then <laughs> the, and then Corey Roden was like, "Hey, uh, i like you're releasing that on Dark Charge Day. Do you know that?" And I was like, "No." And I was like, "Well, it's too late now. I already announced it, so we're doing. We're just gonna stick with it." And it, it was kind of. Uh, you know, on one hand, it was like there were a lot of people in line. I'm like, oh, shit, we want to be at street side to pick right. our things up, but we're, we're trying to hold our place here right. in line. Um, at the same time, it was it stood out. Like, it, even because, you know, I, I know I had my person bring my cans while I was waiting right. in line, and right. we passed one down the line, and it stood out with all of the Dark Charge stuff that was up there. And that says something, too, um, about what you guys are doing, and, you know, whether that's... Um, well, and like, I mean, I think there was a commenter on uh, Cincinnati Craft Beer Club, CCBC, mentioned, did the math, and it was like, if everyone does their releases per month, like, we would you not. Can't, you, you can't, can't do it. You There's gonna, no way. So, like, and we're going to, like, everyone just get ready. We're going to hit that point where, like, you're not going to be able to hit every release because there's going to be six in a day and right. you're not going to have the money, time, or there's, willingness There's been to do those it. days already in yeah. the summer where there's, you know, four releases in one day of yeah. things that you're trying to do the math of what's going to sell out first if you want right. to hit more than one. And well, and I think, I think we've kind of gotten to the point where, like, you can be pretty confident that nothing is going... There's going to be certain places that do sell out, right. but, like, it's going to be, like we don't sell out anymore right we never really even did like saw was the, f- the first saw and a couple of the other ones like raspberry beret got closed robe has been the fastest moving beer i think we've done in uh, ever since the first saw 
Um, so it's, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have days where right. you get lucky, and you're gonna have days that you get unlucky. Yeah, the, and that's just is how it is. Like the key for anybody who doesn't understand it yet is to have lots of friends yes, that are exactly. also beer geeks. Yep. That if you can't make it somewhere, you can shoot them a text message and say, "Hey, grab me yeah. a couple cans." And um, like I, I think the days of I think the days of limits are mostly gone as well. So right. you're like you're probably not going to have to worry about it for most places because most places aren't. If they're not worried about having limits, then you probably shouldn't be worried about them selling out. So right. If you see no limit, <laughs> there's a good chance that they made enough of it, right? Or we made enough of it for in that in this case. So, so kind of going back to this decision, yeah. this this idea of you know diving into barrel aged sours or yeah. or imperial stouts and things like that. Um, is it hard being in a city like Cincinnati and kind of playing around on those two different sides when you've got places like Urban, you've got places like Braxton or Listerman sure. doing some really crazy barrel-aged things that is very much their personality and how they uh, how they do stand out? Yeah, I mean, yes. I think um, those pla- I mean, those two places in general and, and anybody else who's doing it is like, if it's very much like a part of your personality, like it's, it's difficult for like, it's difficult for me to be like, all right, well we should incorporate right. into part of our personality. I think our, our personality as a, as a brewery is mostly, um, like a many different varied styles. I right. think, and I think that's like, I think that's what we do well. And like, we've been blessed that, uh, we've done a lot of beer really well. Um, it's it's harder than a lot of people know to brew a traditional pilsner and right. then turn around and like literally back to back we're doing so pilsner was last week um and then ne- this week we're doing so double batch of so right. so like it's very <laughs> like it's two very different styles and like a lot of it is it's m- it's more difficult than most people know how to di- to like how difficult i'm getting i'm just like in a loop right now but yeah it's hard to do and like i think the part of part of what makes us us is embracing the the difficulty and just kind of sucking it up and making it part of like what we do and having beer on tap and all that so when you find yourself talking to people outside of cincinnati and outside of this little kind of community that we've got going on bubble you know masthead or whatever yeah um what do you find people knowing you guys for? Is it the New England stuff and the, the yeah? I mean, most stuff. Most people like the so for anyone listening, it's Monday. We're having Masthead Satellite Anniversary. Uh, I mean, they invited us up specifically to do a sour kettle a kettle sour because they knew we knew how to do it and they they wanted to learn and I was willing to tell them and impart some knowledge and things that we've learned throughout the last two and a half ish years and try and get somebody else to do well, a little bit more interesting different beers so. it seems like i think all of the collaborations that i've seen you do with other places tend to revolve around either the new england or the milkshake kind of side of things yeah which is like I, <laughs> which is whatever i mean it's <laughs> if anybody wants to do something else I'll, like <laughs> hit me up but uh yeah we've i mean we've done a lot of sours we've done a lot of new england's and those are like the reason that we've done them is because that's what people know us by like when we did land grant they came to us specifically or we came to them ish both ways but the beer that they want to do was something that we do well and we um luke went up there and helped them kind of like told them like how we do some of our things not all of our things um and because not everything applies to every system so uh they 
they just kind of like talked it out and tried to figure out how it worked on their system and and brewed up a pretty good milkshake um but yeah the like i mean <laughs> so i we're go i'm going up to columbus next tuesday to brew with ill-mannered and we're doing an australian sparkling ale because like <laughs> no one wanted to do it. Right. No one wanted to do a kettle sour and no one wanted to do like a big pastry stout and no one wanted to do a New England. So we were just like, let's do something a little bit different that we're not, we haven't done yet. Right. So that's, we're. And that's also kind of, you know, somebody in the equation of a collaboration, I feel like needs to be stretching themselves out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It's one thing to, you know, get together with a bunch of people around your own town that you don't get to hang out with yeah. and brew beer and hang out. Yeah. But when you're talking from, like, an actual constructive why are we collaborating with mm-hmm. each other thing, like, it does make more sense to be pushing somewhere along the, something you don't do. Yeah, and that's, I mean, part of that thing is, like, we, it's it's kind of hard for us to, like, somebody comes here and they're like, all right, let's do, like, let's, I don't even know. We've brewed so many styles that, like, almost nobody can come here and be like, hey, let's do this because you haven't done this. Like, we've done so much that, like, right. there's only a couple that, like, I can think of that, like, like Twitch wants to, Twitch, our new brewer wants to wants to do a collab and do a malt liquor. Um, we haven't done a malt liquor before. <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't I don't really want to do a malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and we try to stick to things that will sell. But like, that's one of those things where like we, if somebody approaches to do a malt liquor, <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that I would jump on the opportunity. But like at some point, you gotta you do things that are new and interesting, and you kind of just like go through and right. see how it works and hopefully it's good hopefully it doesn't suck and, <laughs> and a malt liquor is definitely not like top of 10 list maybe it'll be like you brew this malt liquor and it just completely changes your mindset and you guys On, start yeah, rolling just, out malt liquors yeah, every we week buy a buy a bottling line that we can do 40 ounce <laughs> bottles on well, i think you just do do it in crowlers just yeah. big cans of malt liquor <laughs> I, there's a this neighborhood be, would be ripe. With, <laughs> You'd find them all littered oh, down yeah. the street in brown paperbacks. Oh, yeah. And that would officially be the day that craft beer has jumped the shark when you find, uh, you know, crowlers of malt liquor from a craft brewery yeah. and a brown paper bag on the side of the road. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Demogorgon since sure. we're, we're drinking it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's going to take us a little while to get through the sample. We might yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, how does the... How does Demogorgon work at this point? Like, is there, when you talk about doing adjuncts and things like that, because we've, you know, we'll talk about that one in mm-hmm. a minute. Is it um, from the beginning when you are brewing Demogorgon, you know it's going to go in one direction, or is that something that kind of develops? No. You know, I, know I know, you know, talking to, to Braxton about Dark Charge, it's yeah. the very end of the process. Everybody kind of sits down and yes. then starts. Yes, it's very much. It's, it's very much like what they did. They, uh, we so we tried apple not specifically the apple brandy because no, no, that no. has to yeah. be so i mean but like apple brandy we sat down and we're like do we want to add adjuncts to this and we decided that like the best the best course of action with this beer was to let the barrel shine right. and i think that was a good decision um with toasted coconut and vanilla we tried it and we thought it was lacking something we didn't know what it i mean we thought it would be fine right if we would have if we were just like canned it up as straight bourbon barrel aged demogorgon i think it would have done fine i think a lot of people would have enjoyed it but i think it definitely didn't have that it didn't have that oomph behind it where this did with just the barrel so we basically what we did was at least with toasted coconut was we tried it and we 
thought about like what we wanted to add to it. We had a couple different options. We thought about doing coffee vanilla, um, but I'm so tired of seeing coffee vanilla stouts. <laughs> I know like I'm not the only one, so I'm not like going out and trying to offend anyone. But like I've seen them too much, and we have some we have some kegs downstairs of thick that have coffee vanilla in it. So there's only so much. Like I don't want right. I don't want to keep going and going and going with coffee vanilla. So we thought about doing um, some kind of nuts. Um, we talked about pecans. We talked about almonds. I think we talked about hazelnut. And I didn't want... Pecans would be interesting. Yeah, and I, like, I've never used nuts. I've also never used co- toasted coconut, but obviously we figured that one out. But it was one of those things where I was afraid of nut allergies. They're becoming such... I mean, they're such a big thing. And I think that's with... Um, what is it, Madri? Was it the... Was it Rubus that had nuts in it at one time? Uh, was it or was it the hemp seed one? The Are you ready for darkness? I don't know. Whatever. One of one of those some, was the same thing. Yeah. It had had nuts in it yeah. at one point, and when they kind of started yeah. planning around packaging, they're like, "These nuts that really aren't contributing that much. We're right. just taking it out just yeah. to avoid all well, of those issues." Like I thought it'd be very cool, and I thought it'd be interesting, and it's. Uh, definitely something that maybe I don't know. We've still got two bourbon barrels of brown downstairs, aging in. Did I say bourbon or whatever? They're aging in bourbon. Uh, uh, maybe we'll throw some nuts on those. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like I want to do, but it's also um, it's iffy, and right. you never. I don't want to. I don't want to kill somebody. Is it? <laughs> like, is it? It's like, is it more from? the idea of somebody drinking that specific beer is at the cross-contamination it's a lot worry. of the cross-contamination aspects and like i know that like maybe i'm being too skittish about it but like i do know like i i have a friend whose girlfriend who like she would die if she right. if she drank anything with peanut butter in it and it's like one of those things where like you just gotta be very careful and like we clean our lines every every other week but we don't have the ability to test anything right. to make sure that it's not. And I don't, and maybe we're being, like I said, maybe I'm being a little bit too skittish about it, but right. like there's other things that I can do. And I know like coconut is also like an allergen, but, and so is lactose, which is something that we use a lot of, but like it's, I guess lactose isn't an allergen. You can be intolerant to it, but it's one of those things that you just want to be careful about. Well, and I, I, I wonder with something like lactose, how much of it, with the fermentation process and right, stuff too, right, how much right. well, of whatever that thing is that people are allergic to, if that is, I don't know how all that stuff plays uh, around yeah, together. And I'm, like, and, like I'm not a doctor, but like most, I think you have to be very, very intolerant of lactose for it to affect you in, because it's, it's what, what we do. It's, I don't even know what the poundage per gallon is, right. but like, it's just like, it's, not as high as like if you drink well, would, bucket milk. Like, well, drink I would, milk, I would be curious yeah. to kind of hear from one of the places around town that does. You know, you know, be at Listerman with you know. I mean, their nutcase is yeah. you know, well, yeah. and, you know and, or you know, Urban with all of the crazy shit they yeah, put in exactly. things. Like, there's got to be some kind of cross contamination right. thing. And um, but I think if you keep your lines very clean, which right. I know both of those places do, like you should be, you should be fine if you run cleaning cycles on all your tanks you should be fine but it's it's still one of those things and like i thought coconut would go really well with this it had the barrels like each barrel had a lot of vanilla to it and i was like all right well like nuts and vanilla not exactly the same thing as like coconut and vanilla i think both of those things that go together a little bit better than like 
a very high vanilla tasting barrel. So, so with or you four know, barrels. With this one specifically, are you taking a bunch of barrels and then blending them together and then Yeah, so that's what like both of these are just blends of four barrels. Like this was four apple brandy barrels, the other one was four bourbon barrels. Right. And those bourbon barrels were from Boone County, these are from um, Copper and Kings. I didn't this one doesn't say Copper and Kings on it. I don't know if they wanted it on there, so I know Boone County doesn't mind, so I don't mind referencing them on the on the actual label. Right. But I don't know if Copper and King. I know some places are a little iffy about that. So, right. uh, but yeah, that's uh, the the Boone County barrels are fantastic, and that's why we use them for a lot of our or for what we was just about everything that we were doing bourbon barrel wise. Um, and then we've got some for sours downstairs too. So, is there any? weird type of barrels that you are desperate to try to get a hold of to experiment oh and play around with so you know, I know tequila barrels and rum barrels are always the, kind of those things that are sometimes hard yeah so something like, like that having crossed off tequila right. having crossed off apple brandy having crossed off orange liqueur and gin we're starting to get to the point where like the only ones that i haven't found that i really want to do are maple maple mm. syrup and uh, I would like to do rum, but man, rum, rum barrels are pieces of shit. So. Listen, <laughs> and that's the there's, thing. you know, I, I've had a lot of rum barrel beers that I love. Yeah. And then I've had yeah. a whole bunch of rum barrel beers that I hate because they get this, this, I don't want to call it an infection yeah. because everybody hates that word, but it's a funky off thing that happens to yeah, them. They definitely, they definitely can be, um, they get infected more easily because they are literally the most beaten up pieces of shit barrels. They, and that's most places know that sometimes you find really good ones i know um just having had a recent conversation like uh listerman's new rum maple was those barrels were in good shape so sometimes you get lucky and i don't know how much that becomes easier now that we have more distilleries that's fine (laughs) (laughs) more distilleries opening up around town that are making rum and are barrel aging rum to make it easier to get some of those barrels i don't know if that loses some of the charm of a rum barrel too if you it's a nice rum barrel (laughs) if you don't have to worry about leaking all over there was (laughs) yeah i mean rum barrels from rum barrels from uh other island nations were very hot and i think a lot of people got kind of sick of dealing with the right. the troubles that but you're gonna get you're gonna get uh you're gonna get a lot varied flavors from that than you would from something that was distilled down the street right because it's got it's got age on it it's got a lot of different things going on with it that you don't get in cincinnati ohio there's also got to be a, there's got to be a little bit of that fun behind not knowing if a barrel is going to cooperate or yeah, not. Yeah, and like, I think, like, this might turn out to be shit, yeah. but it might not. Like, and that's kind of the fun I'm of not it, sure. Too. I'm not sure fun is the right <laughs> word, but I think, like, it's... There's a mystique about certain things in a barrel. Like, when you say that you got a, a rum barrel from Jamaica or whatever, mm-hmm. that means something more than I got a rum barrel from a distiller down the street. That... For whatever I mean, and that's it. I mean, it's the same thing. Like brewers get hyped about different things, right? But brewers still get hyped about things. You know what I mean? Like right. we get hyped about where we're sourcing some of our products from. People that drink our beer get hyped about the thing that we got hyped about 
by proxy. Right. So, like, when you say, oh, I got eight maple barrels from Vermont, maple syrup barrels from Vermont, like, we get hyped about that, and then people... It's like a downstream hype effect where, right. like, people get hype about a hype that, like... Or, like, when we've got, like, you get Galaxy, or, like, I know Galaxy is, like, most most consumers don't understand how difficult it is to get Galaxy. Super or how, expensive. Super right expensive. Now. Very expensive. And I'll, it, Versus it, Citra, that's the... Right. And Citra's, Citra's expensive-ish, um, but it's also, you get it from the U.S. as opposed right. to from Australia. So, like, Nelson is a great example. Like, Nelson, there are not a lot of places getting Nelson. Um, Nelson Sauvin, for everyone who doesn't know the short. Right. Um, uh, like, if I got a box, I'd be super fucking hyped. And then we would turn that into a beer that, like, I wouldn't, Showcases I that. wouldn't put that in, I wouldn't put that in a lager or whatever, right. because the only people that would enjoy that are people that enjoy lagers, which I would love it, but like, it's it kind of sounds good to me. I mean, I'm Nelson. sure it'd be delicious, but like, it's also one of those things. Like, it would, <coughs> I'm g- not going to put it in a pilsner. I'm going to put it in a New England, so more people get to try something that I got excited about. And see, that would disappoint me as who I am. Like, if it was in a New England, I'd be like, oh, there's, you know, I love right. Nelson, but right. I don't really want a New England. Right. Versus if it was in just a straight West Coast IPA or right. uh, it, or or an IPL or something like yeah. that, where well, it's, it's, you know, you can, that other style that I like. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely, I mean, it's uh, one of those things where, like, right now that... That's that's the the hype is playing, the hype. You're playing the numbers game, yeah. and knowing and that. like that, those pay the bills. Those pay for those hops that we right. got. Um, but that's also like we've got. That's when we come out with something like a pilsner that's right. like a little bit. Maybe we dry hop it to get a little bit more hop aroma. Even though it's German hops, it's still something different. Give it. I mean, not IPL levels hopping, but like just give it a slight charge of dry hopping just to give. A little bit more aromatic that like you're staying on something for so six weeks to uh, two months or whatever talking months. about your pilsner that you guys are doing yes, we're probably is, gonna dry is hop that it. gonna be <laughs> yeah we're gonna dry hop it we're, we've got some german saphir uh that we had on contract that we're gonna uh, dry hop it with just to give it a but that still is a little bit different than what people think of when they think of pilsner yeah, and it's we use we use check saws in the in the in the boil um and then we're gonna use some german saphir because it's a little different and it dry hopping is a little different right. and like it's not it's not gonna be as exciting as a nelson dry hopped pilsner but it's still gonna be a little bit different than what you're traditionally getting right so uh yeah what else does get you excited recently you talked about you know be it some kind of ingredient that you were able to source that was fun i mean what are the things i mean i'll canning canning apple brandy and canning toasted coconut were like the two most nerve-wracking things that i've done in the ever in the brewery i was so nervous about both of those things i've never been i've never like well that's not true i was gonna say i've never lost sleep over beer but that's <laughs> that's not even close to true <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know i was i was toasted coconut was was terrifying because we bought 200 pounds of coconut uh steve for everyone who's been here steve is our a bartender slash production assistant. He went and toasted it at the brew house dog bone place. Mm-hmm. We love them on the show. There we go. Um, thank you, Lisa. Um, he toasted it there. We brought it back in sanitized containers. We bag. I was gone. I was at Ohio Craft Brewers, so I wasn't a part of any of this. So I'm watching on the cameras as they do this. Uh, and 
they're backing it up, like san- everything sanitary, like throwing it in, and like it's four barrels or it's four bourbon barrels, so it's sitting very low in the fermenter. I'm like, man, I really hope that this all works out. And I hope that the absorption rate isn't so high that we have no beer left that we right. can't even can it. And then it comes out, and the absorption rate was not as high as I thought, and it tasted really good. Um, and it it, is, wor- it worked out fine, which is is coconut shocking. one of those things that does ab- absorb a lot? Like I, I don't know that I've ever really that. paid attention. I think <laughs> I think I was probably a little bit more nervous because there's a certain level at which they what we can't carbonate right. a beer anymore. Like low 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 levels in the bright tank, like it won't carbonate anymore because there's just not enough headspace and all that. Uh, so we, I was very nervous about that. I was very nervous about having like 30 cases left of beer or 30 cases of whatever I 30, the volume of the beer would equal only equal 30 cases, which I was not hoping uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was, that was nerve wracking. Apple brandy was nerve wracking, but like it's just straight racking out of the barrels into the into the bright and letting it cool and carbonate and all that. So talking about the decision to go with cans yeah. versus bottles, this is not a beer that's meant to throw in a cellar and sit on for a while or I would I mean I wouldn't I think it's fine to Okay. So because I don't know, I've never seen so, like actual like Frank from Massa good, is like, sitting right over <laughs> here, and he's he's the one who said this to me, and I actually I when he said this, I was like, all right, this makes a lot of sense. We age the beer for you, right? So you really shouldn't be cellaring anything that we're selling. We already did all the work for you. Just drink it fresh. That's the purpose of it. But I would recommend if you're going to do it, cellar uh, apple brandy. And don't sell our toasted coconut. Toasted. I, I think that goes true for any kind of adjunct yeah. beer like because that. The, the flavors are going to fall off. And like, do you really want like mildly coconutty demogorgon in a year, or do you want? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think. I, but I, that's the thing. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, I did. We do. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna use the first person. I did all these things on purpose. <laughs> just like I even said it myself. Like. I posted in a, I posted in a group. I said, "This is a year of no cellaring. Like I'm drinking through my cellar because all this stuff. I, I'm I'm violating my own rule that right. I that I say like don't drink your beer when you buy it because it's best that way. Well, and so it, it, is it a kind of a statement kind of thing and, and just maybe like a because I know it does feel different for me. Like there, I definitely have a couple cans that I've thrown in the cellar right. that well, are in, in there for one reason or another. But it feels different when I buy. A 16 ounce can than when I buy a 500 milliliter bottle. Like they feel very different to me right, as a beer drinker. Sure. One, I it hurts a little more to open it. It's like, oh, this is this is final. It's done. I'm opening yeah. this bottle, and it's yeah. uh, whereas a can, you're just cracking a can and you're pouring right. it. And it becomes more normal. I, I don't know what it is, but it feels different. Yeah, and I so like cans. I like. I think it'll sell her just fine. I like. I did an experiment on uh, Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, I aged it for a year when it first or yeah i think a year from when it first came out i can and i was like all right cool like this tastes the same as my bottle or whatever my fresh bottle or fresh can i was drinking i was like okay cans are all right and then obviously like masshead does their thing with their cans and i was like all right we're good it's it feels different and it's a, it definitely is a different thing um but 
I don't know. I, I on, think on the same kind of level at one point with craft beer, you know, Madrew was the first craft brewery in Ohio to put beer in cans, period. You yeah, know, like sure. a, there was definitely a very different stigma than just yeah. cans versus bottles at all. Right. So maybe it's just a well, maybe it is like a stigma thing that like it's Well I think some of it is like a lot of these a lot of breweries in town use Ironheart and they will only can product at a certain gravity. Uh, final gravity. Okay. So, like, uh, if it's above a certain final gravity, it they can't. They don't. I don't know if they can't or won't run it. I don't know if it's a can't like a want or a whatever thing. Um, like for us, this was low enough that it was low enough final gravity. Why? Why is it? I don't know. I think it might have something to do with. So we're getting really inside baseball right now. But yeah, so. I believe, and I could be wrong, so if somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, um, I believe it's something where the higher, if the final gravity is too high, foam won't break out while you can it, and then you're getting higher DO, dissolved oxygen, in the cans. There's more which meet, head space right, in the can which, that yeah, is not So, yeah, out. the foam isn't, so, like, you want, when you're canning, you want a certain amount of foam to break out on top of the beer so right. that when you lay the lid down it seals up and it's not there's not like and it goes for your growlers and crowlers too yes, for exactly. when you're in a tap room you should see some foam that's yeah foam is not a, the, foam the is lid. not a bad thing because it's allowing you to press down and you're getting right you're sealing it up better you're not hearing sloshing of liquid sloshing of liquid is not good um and I believe that that is the reason why they won't. I think the higher the sugar content, the the less foam that will break out, which means they can't do, they can't, they don't want to can it because then they, it's their, it's their, they're bad. Right, right. They like it's a screw up on their part, which it's really not a screw up on their parts. Just like a part of the beer is, um, is not where it should be, and that's not. I mean, that's lots of beer finishes very high. Especially big stouts, a lot of beer finishes above the their um, their desired final gravity, which means that That's, they can't. It's very. It's. I mean, but it's th- very. It, it's it. It's very interesting to think about that side of just canning in general. Yeah, not for sure. Just with yeah. Ironheart, but oh, it's. it's um, there's just so. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of mechanics and chemistry and all sorts of stuff that goes into canning that like a lot of people just don't even think about because right. it's not. It's. It's not a thing that you have to like we this was technically uh coconut toasted coconut was technically over carved um like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have put it on draft at that high of um uh co2 volume but and i did put it on draft and my my bartenders just had to be very careful when they poured it (laughs) um but they because of the high sugar content, it enabled the foam to break out a little bit more, and you really got. I mean, it was it was nicely the. It just worked out well with that, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you'll see more and more cans. Like I know Fretboard does it. Uh, Masset obviously right. is doing their their thing. I'm gonna keep referencing Masset because these guys are here right now. Um, this is you guys are all gonna be hearing this after <laughs> this happens, but like. They're sitting at the table next I'm to gonna, us. I'm actually going to try to get this up very quickly. I'm. Oh, okay. I don't. I can't promise it'll be up tonight. No, but I mean it'll that be would up be tomorrow morning. Right, at the it's latest. still going to be post the event. But they're sitting. They're sitting at the table next to us. So like, they're on my mind, <laughs> guys. If you're wondering why I keep saying their name, um, yeah. They. I mean, it's. 
I think you, he might see more. I, I kind of hope you do well, you, because you're it's starting, definitely interesting. You're definitely and starting new. to see that movement. You know, you guys are doing it. Like you said, Fretboard has done some. Uh, Listerman's done some. You know, like it, there's definitely some big stouts going into cans lately, and it's. I don't know. It's 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 a little strange. I think for some of us that that are kind of used to what we're used to, but I I think that's I mean, it's good. Definitely, I, it's I, definitely yeah. It's definitely changing your cans. perception on yeah. It's changing your perception on what um what packaging can be. There, and I think and here I mean here's my here's my big thing. Like I love I love labels on cans. I think I think oh, I do too. I think cans are much. This is I especially love when they're easy to peel off and I can save them yeah, like yours. Well, and I think that I think that I think. Labels on cans enable you. You have more. You have more space, so you in, you really let your artist or your graphic designer shine. Like I think, uh, I'm biased, but I think our can design on on the last couple labels has been fucking fantastic, and I think it's been as good as anybody's oh, yeah. in. I mean, at least in the Midwest. Like I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> say the whole U.S., but like. John Lemon and the guy who does it, Andy Sahosa, is I mean, is a wizard and he does but John Lemon, both Denogorgans, what else has done? Raspberry Beret. I'm looking at my wall right now. Robe was next level. He, Robe's fantastic. <laughs> um, we, we um a little bit of a probably preemptive spoiler, but for, for March we are doing a March Madness bracket of artwork. Okay. I think we've decided on being artwork from um, around town so yeah. um, if you work for a brewery and you're listening to this we're going to be reaching out and asking every brewery to submit one or two of their favorite designs and we're gonna we're gonna let them battle out and well and that's out. yeah and that's one of those things where like that's hard for me because like everyone he does is my favorite label <laughs> it's and, just every day the yeah. day this is my new favorite yeah so it's I mean I think robe is my oh, I don't know man swole demogorgon which is what I'm call, what I call toasted <laughs> toasted coconut is fucking great but whatever i'm not even i don't want to, I'm, well you look at you i'm know, sitting here like orgasming over my that, labels but that first release of demogorgon which i the design was great it's very dungeons and dragons yeah it is where you look at that compared to what you guys are doing with it now and, well, it's and that's very it's like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's much I, more of your personality too and what yeah. this this whole place kind of is and i think a lot of that is we we've learned a lot about labels and we've learned a lot about who we're employing and that's gannon if you're listening to this you did a great job gannon was a art student at, at uh what uh you see what what's the, their art school dap dap thank you um and we it was he just kind of like threw it together and it, I liked the way it looked and we kind of used our branders to put everything all the other elements on it but like having having Andy or having uh, the other company House of Helga that we use uh, Kyla she does they she does like the let the more graphic mm-hmm. design he does the more graphic illustration um, they both do fantastic work and every I mean they they they're really able to understand what I'm saying and they have the time because they're like, it's their jobs. Right. This guy, I mean, Gannon was a student and he, I mean, he had classes and stuff. So like <laughs> me sitting there saying, Hey, like, I don't like this. Like, uh, I don't like this. And we're out to, of time. Yeah. Too. Sucks, to, <laughs> sucks to suck. Just fucking send me over the label because like, it's like I didn't do enough to get him the information that he needed right. to understand what I wanted. These guys like, 
it's their job. Well, we did... Or part of their job. We did a show this summer with um, Tommy Long from Lemon Grenade, Mm -hmm. and just talking to them and the excitement that they get out of that side of things, too. I mean, you know, granted, they work with Listerman, so they get to do just release after release after release of of just fun designs and fun ideas that they get to roll with. I think it's a whole other side of this. I think a lot of people don't even... Yeah. think about when they're you know well I know like Andy loves doing them but Andy also works for Neltner Small Batch right so he has this is his like part time job his late like our labels that he does are his part time job um, so it's like it, it's a ton of work for him but he loves doing it right. which is like all that matters and I know like Robe I, th- I don't want to speak for him but I believe Robe was like his favorite label he's done because he's a big wrestling fan so it's, like it's one of those things that he he like he even said I I believe in like a social media post, but he was like I never thought I'd be able to do a wrestling themed <laughs> right. label ten years ago. Well, and like if you look at what things were like ten years ago versus now, it was very and 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 there is still this power in trying to create a brand that's very consistent across lots of packaging. Um, and, and not that this stuff isn't there is not consistency between packaging, sure. but it's different than it was ten years ago, right? every release gets its own distinct personality whereas before it was a very standardized kind of thing across brands right well yeah I I think the thing I think the thing you see more now is that people don't feel tied in their brand can be something like having a super unique label each time like I think one of the things is like we try to stick within like a general format for both types of cans but like getting fucking weird with it is like part of the brand but you could i mean you could cover up anything that says street side on any one of your 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 cans that are coming out and do the same with a listerman or uh fretboard and you can still like feel the brand somehow in the designs even though they're very you know artistic and i think that's part of the fun i think part of the thing of what that is like being consistent with your the people that you're working with which is why we kind of stopped using four different people we started using two people and are very like Andy knows he's got this this much I'm pointing at the can but like if you look at any of the cans that he hasn't put his name on it which is weird but sorry Andy that's weird um, if you look at like Apple Brandy Demogorgon if you have in front of you he's he knows he has half the space basically right. to do it and then he knows on the back that he's got to get the government warning and the right. description our, and our logo and all that right. on it um Kyla has no, her own thing. No craft beer seal on that. Is that right? Uh, we have the Ohio craft beer um, one. Um, when I, I was passing the can through the line of um, Dark Charge Day, I did hear somebody make the comment, where's their uh, craft beer seal? Are, are, are they selling out? So <laughs> I, bec- I this is this is a weird preference of mine, but like because I'm on the board of OC- Ohio Craft Brewers Association, I prefer to use their logo and like hey guys uh there's only a finite amount of space on a label so if i keep throwing on different (laughs) different things that aren't mine you're not gonna go the dogfish route and dedicate half of the uh container to the big city it's a lot and i like (laughs) i so if you see if you stop seeing the ohio craft beer seal on there then you know that we are selling out, but like we're gonna have we're we have that on every can because it's basically the same thing, but it's for the Ohio Craft right. Brewers Association, which is to me, I don't know if it's better, but it's it's 
it's it's, it's more, more of somebody fighting for things that directly are impacting you yes, guys specifically. Yeah. Not, and, not, like, and I guess that's not even fair either. I guess you I know, mean, there it, are things it that kind of is. Well. I mean, it, I mean, I think it's fair because like we, the Ohio, if you see, like the Ohio Craft Brewers Association fights for Ohio brewers right. and like they're doing it at a state level, that doesn't diminish their like the BA does great work, but like the things that direct that directly affect me much more are what those CBA does. Especially and what I with do. how fragmented like the Mary and Justin. The, I don't do anything. The way the laws have become so fragmented in the United States, the, the liquor laws, yeah. like it there are things that very much impact you here in Ohio yeah. that are very different. Even just right across the river in Kentucky, yeah, the, absolutely. their laws are very different yeah. and like you need somebody that's kind of advocating for um, for you specifically. Yeah. Let's drink another beer. Yeah. Uh, Since we we're gonna use a whole show drinking uh, yeah. <laughs> one beer. Um, I'm excited to uh, to try this one because this is the one that I have not gotten to try. Um, this is the uh, toast coconut. I, I absolutely love, 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 love the design on these. So, like you said, these are bourbon barrels with toast coconut and vanilla. Yes. Yes. So this is a little more along the lines of the the pastry stout thing that everybody's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. I mean, like, From, I, and again, I, I haven't tried it yet. So, like, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't consider a pastry stout, but like, yes, ish. I would say, I don't know. This is, I don't know. What do you think? You're drinking it. You're drinking it, and you're not me. So. Is it a pastry stout? If you call it a pastry stout, I will accept that. I don't, I don't want to call it a pastry stout because I know that's offensive to some people. No, it's people. not offensive at all. I mean, I don't give a shit. Please. There, it's it's very sweet. Yes. It's very Mounds Bar-like, which yes, is, I, I guess, a Mounds Bar is not I a pastry, it, though. So, no, it's no. not a pastry I mean, stout. It's, like, it's, it's, yeah. it's candy stout. It's something. It's, it's definitely a, sweet. If it's you, sweet, yeah, for sure. If you like that kind of disguised stout that is going to... Right, sneak well, and, up on you. And, I, and, <laughs> it's, I, and it's like, really good. I will be like my preferred style. Like some people really like dry roasty stouts. I fucking hate roast in my <laughs> stouts. I just don't like. I don't. I don't use unless it's something that is, does like the style calls for it. I don't like to use roast barley in right. my stouts. I think it's gross and I think it's bad and I think that I. I don't know. I'm very against roast barley. Uh, so I like, I like my stouts to be sweet, and I like them to be higher finishing gravity. And it's, so, to you, what makes a pastry stout a pastry stout? Because there is no, I guess there exactly is no what I'm describing. Real definition. <laughs> I mean, it's I, like I guess it's. I think, and I. Is it just the sweetness, or I think it's is the sweetness, it adjuncts, I think chocolate, it's sweetness, adjuncts, like that. all those things coming together in a way that like makes you kind of like there's a like there's definitely like a sweetness threshold where like you want to stop before it gets too sweet i think that's the big thing is like you gotta stop right before that too sweet character i don't know like fuck (laughs) i don't know because i like i don't like i don't know for me i like like I like sweet stouts. I don't like overly sweet stouts. Right. I don't want to feel gross after I drink it because it's like so sweet that it makes my stomach hurt. Right. Uh, but 
I also am aware that like that sweetness threshold hits for everyone differently. Mm-hmm. So some people might call this a pastry stout. I don't because like it wasn't intended to be originally. But can we safely say if you're a pastry stout fan, you probably this will enjoy will this. Be yeah. the pastry stout of street side beers. Yes. <laughs> I, and, I, honestly, we've done other we've done other stouts that are pretty sweet as well so this well, and, isn't and not that it's the same category but the last time that you guys did robe just on draft oh, robe i is remember a pastry stout. Robe the is absolute fucking, sweetest yeah. beer i think yeah, I've robe ever is had. no robe <laughs> is a pastry stout i and honestly if i'm 100 percent honest i don't drink a whole lot of robe because it's very sweet and like i know lots of people enjoy it that's the reason it's one of our fastest selling beers and that's the reason we canned it but it's but fucking sweet every, shit. Every beer so. does not have to be that beer right. that you come home and sit there and, and drink a six pack of. I mean, clearly because it's in sixteen ounce cans, right. and, you know, it, it puts itself in its own different right. category. Um, sometimes you you might just come home and crack open a sixteen ounce can and share it with three people. Yeah. You know, like that's okay. Or like too. you have one with dinner. You right. know, what I mean, that's to me like this. I just what has, is the proper uh, dinner pairing with robe. Besides Don't, donuts, <laughs> I honestly like something savory because it's yeah, it's you know, so sweet that you gotta cut it with you got, like maybe salty. I don't know. Yeah, that would be like, interesting. Maybe some cheese. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird pairing. That's really is a really weird pairing. But like, it might go well with like the cream cheesy flavor, um, which is a weird. That's not like the the frosting flavor. Um, I so I just had a sip of coconut. Tosuko Demogorgons for the first time since I think we made or we canned it. Uh, it's definitely like because now I'm I'm going in. It's definitely more like you've got that coconut meatiness, which is not like you're. It's it tastes like you. It's also still a little bit cold too, right? So you taste a lot of the, like the coconut. Like if you were to eat. Like granola with some coconut in it and some chocolate chips, you get some of that like mm-hmm. chocolate and that like coconut that's unroasted or untoasted more than I think that you get like sweet, sweet coconut because we didn't use sweet and coconut either. Right. So, which is hard to find. You'd be surprised how hard <laughs> it is to find unsweetened toasted coconut. Um, okay, sorry, I. I'm making sure they flipped around the tap list for the mask. <laughs> you just itself. can't stop working. No, I mean, well, it's, we're bu- we're busy tonight. It so is busy. It's a busy Monday. Um, yeah, I think Robe is a pastry stout. See, that's there we go. Robe pastry stout, toasted coconut, vanilla demogorgon is not. Okay, but you're gonna you're definitely gonna I like I I've seen comments that say like it's really sweet and I'm like all right well I disagree but like uh. We also, like, you got to think about the order that we just drank things in. We just had right. apple brandy. I think apple brandy is much sweeter, which then lowers my threshold right. of tasting. So, uh, it's this is fantastic. I, um, especially on a day like today, so I, you know, obviously I feel like everybody understands that this time of year, big stouts are perfect. And you get these random days like this where it's not really that cold outside today. And so a little bit of sweetness right. kind of plays on that too, and, and I, like I'll be honest, like, the spot. this is I like I go through my phases. Like last last winter, I don't think I drank any stouts for whatever reason. It was a very weird winter, but like I have fully leaned into stout season this year, and it's 
noticeable in my body. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things that, like, I like. This is, I like cold weather for stout season. It makes me, like, it's nice to come home and crack a good stout and enjoy it while I'm doing whatever. And, like, I was putting up, I remember I was putting up Christmas lights right after Goose Island uh, or the uh, Bourbon County. Bourbon County, yeah. Jesus Christ. They, after all those came out, and I was like, I'm going to crack up Bourbon County while I put up Christmas lights, and it's cold as shit. Speaking and of it was nice. Goose Island, yeah. have you seen their new branding on their IPA? Yeah, so yeah. I, they are basically... <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's the Budweiser branding. Sorry. It's like, don't talk about our beer, just drink it. <laughs> well, have you seen how close it is to... Um, shit, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. This is super good radio. Um <laughs> I actually retweeted on my personal account, which is... I've been very bad with Twitter lately. Um, God damn it. It's a Indiana brewery. Where's my... Oh, my God. I'm so sorry for everyone who's listening oh, to this. Right. We can edit silence out if we okay. need to. Uh, it's a podcast. That's true. Look at this. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That's fucking bad. <laughs> that is... I, don't, like, I don't know. That's, I... that's real bad. That's So, so it looks exactly <clears> like... <throat> Central State, uh, like a couple of the new Goose Island beers, look exactly like Central State labels, right? And it's uh, it's like it's like it's, it's al- barely defensible, but it's almost like it's a big brewery saying, "Just I dare you to to challenge us on this because right. we'll, well, we'll take the, it. And we'll and go I, to court over I, it." And, and we'll, I know, and I I don't know it. Like I'm not, I don't know the Central State guys, but like. If it happened to us, I would have a hard time being like, "Oh, guys, like, are we like, do we really want to do this?" Because they have billions of dollars and we don't. So, like, right. do you really, really, really want to do this? That right can now? destroy a small business. And like, yeah, because if you, if I mean, for whatever reason, if they decide that the the penalty of suing them is to repay right. law or whatever, that I don't, I'm not a lawyer. Um, whatever. If they make you repay the company for their legal fees, like that's a that's right. and their legal fees are going to be bigger because they have more lawyers and like you're in trouble. Right. So is this something that you want to take on? Probably. I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. I I would think I would just take it. So which it sucks because like do you really want to just take it? You you don't have to just take it though that's that's the, the world we live in too right. you can be very loud well, about that, that here's is, what's happening that is true we that can't is, fight it because it's Anheuser-Busch right. but that's here's one of the what's things, happening like, I wouldn't have seen it I think I saw it from a blog who retweeted it and then I saw it and I was like I'm gonna do my part in like getting the word out about right. them being kind of shitty and uh, I don't know if it I mean it probably didn't do anything but at least it's at least it's something at least somebody mentioned that like they blatantly ripped off labels from a brewery in in Indiana like that's like and not even like I say blatantly as and I mean when I literally blatant when I first saw the post I just kind of glanced at it and I thought oh that's funny that this craft brewery would Make a beer and call yeah. it three one two. And yeah, then I looked at you, I'm like, oh no, oh, they fuck, didn't no, do that. They... Yeah, no, it literally. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so close that it's. I when I looked at the label, I was like, God damn, that's nigh indistinguishable. <laughs> like it's so close. So I mean, that's 
that would be frustrating. That'd be frustrating. I There's would. a whole conversation here, too, about smaller breweries ripping off some design things. <laughs> yeah, and I, like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But, <laughs> like, I know, there, there's, I know. There's very fine there's, lines to, there's to some, play with. Yes, there are some people being not very creative out there. Um, and I think, like, you should, you should be, be creative, guys. Right. Like, it's. It's not, and especially when you have a graphic designer on staff, you should really kind of work a little bit harder. Don't go for the low-hanging fruit. And, like, that's, I, we, we don't, we don't go for that low-hanging fruit. I want them to be cool and unique, and I want people it's to say, I it's want It's very it, easy, uh, especially for a brewery like you guys. If you're doing a beer called Demogorgon, and you're doing a beer that right. is, has Ric Flair on the label, right. it's very easy to to go past that line and it's very you have to be very thoughtful I guess to right. keep that creativity so that you don't you know so if you look at Apple Brandy I actually didn't realize what he was doing I didn't realize it was like the hole in the tree and Stranger Things mm-hmm. and I also told him I was like add more fucking apples because I want <laughs> I want it to be obvious that it's, it's Apple Brandy Demogorgon it was I mean the thing the nice thing about having an artist do your artwork is that if you tell him that it needs to be more arty, he doesn't. So, like, he's not going to ever, like, shy away from being more... More creative. More creative. He wants to He wants to be turned loose. He wants to be creative. He wants all that. So, it's one of those things that, like, we've... Uh, like, yes, we... I mean, we're obviously taking... We're obviously taking a character from a TV show, and you can call that low-hanging fruit if you want, but, like, it's it's somebody's unique art that he thought really hard about and like when it's, we it's, when, it's when taking we for, pieces of something and turning it into something new yeah. which no artist will argue right. against that right. well and i think like demogorgon when like stranger things i don't think stranger things <laughs> was absolutely a hit when it came out but like it when we when we made that beer it wasn't this like international I didn't feel like it was this international sensation thing that like was so big that like if we did something with them like with that name like it was like weird I also don't know that I've seen the Demogorgon kind of portrayed in the exact same way that you guys are doing it yeah the, this like, one this one looks sorry, more huggable uh, than this one sorry uh, Apple Brandy definitely is like much more like the Demogorgon in the show like Tosin Coconut is like he's a little terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's why I call him Swole Demogorgon. It's fucking like those quads are. So nuts. for anybody that has not seen the can, it kind of looks like me if I stripped all my clothes off and replaced my head with the Demogorgon's Super flower ripped. head thing. That's Super exactly what ripped. it looks like. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like and like, I don't know. We're we're off on a weird tangent right now. <laughs> that's but the way it works. I mean, it's. Uh, I I want each piece of I want each can to be like its own unique piece of artwork um, because I think that's cool and I think it it's nice it's like a good I mean we're, our initial when we opened was like all about community and craft like right. letting someone an artist flex their muscles and be weird and be unique and like do cool things is like cool for me and I like allowing them to do it on my can artwork is is and I, 
also cool. I love so. everything to mean something. Yeah. And if you are putting out a product, be it a regular release or a special release, whatever it is, I want that not just the beer that's in the can to be something special. I want the can to be something special. The release yeah. to be something special. The story yeah. to be something special. I want I want people to save cans and be like, yeah. this is really cool. Yeah, and I, I, peel the label off and stick it on their yeah. wall in their basement yeah. or whatever. You know, like I, that's, I, that's fun. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's important to have... I think it's important to have cool, unique labels for everything. And, like... I, I don't know. I just, like... I'm... I'm I hate label artwork and I love it because label artwork is a lot of the stress in my life because right. it's crazy. But like artists aren't really good are at, at time <laughs> at, at like <laughs> deadlines. But it's also like we allowing them to do their thing is cool for me. And right. I loved seeing him so fucking hyped about Robe and so hype about like me loving his stuff. And people commenting that it's like the coolest artwork or whatever, coolest can artwork that they've ever seen. Not that there were a lot of people saying that, but like, please, if you like it, tell me because it makes me want to do it more. Um, but like, it's cool for me to tell him about how much people love his stuff. Right. Which is like, I mean, whatever. I'm sure any artist likes that. And that's, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I get weird about artwork uh, about well, the about the can artwork because it's very personal for me and it's very like it's very something that like I want to I want it to mean something I want it to look cool and I want people to appreciate it like I appreciate it. It also gives the beer a whole other personality that it doesn't have. I mean, it's the beer itself has plenty of personality, right. but you you know even when you sit down at you know a, a tap room like this and all of your taps have little artwork that goes along on right. the tap board like. That's all personality to the beer that would not exist otherwise. Yeah. And not to not to shit on anybody no, that no, has no, a chalkboard um, with just the name written on it. No, and that's I mean we got but lucky. You, you do lose something yeah. that you could be adding into the whole experience we, of a beer. We absolutely got lucky that we have multiple people on staff that can draw really well. Like we have somebody who's bartending tonight. He's a he's a he's a he went to DAP and he's a great artist. His handwriting is shit. So if you see. <laughs> If you see one of the, the drawings, it's really, really nice, but the handwriting's hooked, it's his. Uh, he also brews all of our uh, test batches, so whatever. That's just, a, that's just an aside. But we also have somebody who's an architect who's an excellent drawer, and his handwriting's much better. So on beers that are going to be on tap collaborative long, effort. Yeah, so on beers that are going to be on tap longer, I try to have him do it, and then everything else can be on uh, can Nathan, who is the... Artist, I the, want somebody, the better artist. I want somebody to do a coffee table book of all the breweries across the country that brewed resilience uh, and all of the artwork that is sketched on chalkboards across yeah. the country right now of people's resilience. On I mean, that. so Nathan did Nathan did resilience and it looks great. It he looks did a really awesome. he did a really nice job. It's it's shocking because his handwriting's so bad. But I don't know if it's because it got worked into the art that it looks better. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Resilient. I'm actually excited to try yours because I've only had a couple of them locally. So um, one of them was great. One of them was terrible. Um, and then I also had when I was up in Columbus, I had Wolf's Ridge, and theirs was really good. Uh, um, we did. We literally brewed Sierra Nevada's recipe. So hopefully you like. Well, and I will be down in Asheville okay. in a couple weeks, so yeah. I will get to try. I, I, loved, I guess it's going to come in cans too. So I guess I really yeah, try. I, yeah, I love. So I love the. But we're going off on another tangent, but it's, I love this. I love that beer for what it 
what it represented. Yeah, like I don't love the recipe, but and the I recipe is very Sierra Nevada. Yes, it is. Like it's I, very much their personality, which yeah. is to me, when you go off on some other weird, your own road on it, it's kind of. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Seven Sun did. I was up at Seven Sun, and they they did a brute IPA version. I'm sh- I'm sure the beer is good, but oh, I, don't, I, I mean, don't, it was it was I, no, I it was like good. That. It was good. I don't think I, it should go I that far. Know. It off. was, I, and the thing is, it's all about interpretation. So, like, I interpreted what they emailed me as follow the fucking recipe right. or don't do this beer, right? And so I followed the recipe, and I and I to me and, to and me, I and I tweaked is... it. I tweaked it. To be fair, I did tweak it because there it was a I. I non-brewers won't understand this but like crystal malt sucks <laughs> so um, welcome to the future yeah so like we crystal crystal malt sucks and i ended up using a lighter crystal on it i believe but still like way too much crystal for any ipa that i've ever done and it's i mean it's it, it's noticeable it's not a it's not a street side ipa but i also like i did i did as much as i could with what i with what they told me to right. brew with and i only tweaked it to make it a little bit more palatable for our audience to me it's very much like it's a beer that's supposed to show the solidarity of of this this yeah. bigger community you know not just speaking about Cincinnati but you know the country yeah you know, I mean how many breweries thing. did a thousand like, it was like 1500 was or crazy. more than that I mean and like every and, the, and that's the thing like I don't know if everyone I don't know that everyone understands but every single brewery that did it including the places that made it well and they make it well and change the recipe and didn't change the recipe are donating all of the money. All of that money made. is going on. It's, I told Graham it was, said there were ingredients donated and stuff yeah, too yeah. so the cost is a little different. Right. But, but some people didn't. Some people there didn't. There were a lot of places that just rolled with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody that's sitting right here that missed the deadline. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, it was, I mean, I saw a number, I think Sierra Nevada sent out an update, and I don't know if I'm supposed to share it, but whatever. Ken Grossman can hit me up if he doesn't like it. Uh, <laughs> he can stop by and yell at you. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I would be honored. Uh, it was, I think there were, the Sierra Nevada is like at 15 or $17 million raised. I mean, it's incredible. I would like, and that's, and that's, that's kind of like what craft beer is supposed to be about. Exactly. And it's well, like it's, it's, it's cool to be a part of it. Well, it's fun to see a brewery that's the size of Sierra Nevada spearheading this. And yeah, being like you know what? Absolutely. God, like, you know, we yes, Absolutely. we have this big you know thing we're doing here with yeah. uh, with a company, but let's not forget why we're craft beer and what that means to yeah. be craft beer. And, I, I mean, it's um, it's one of those things that like there's a couple things that really say craft beer and like raising money for people that got fucked is like is, yeah. is one of them and like there's there's very few things out there that say like we actually care about like what happens like raising money for the something that raising money is, for people that are on the other side of the country yeah. too like that's like, that's what like, i think we'll is, never we'll gets, never meet anyone and honestly like i so it's weird uh sierra nevada did a beer dinner at moreline mm-hmm. and uh, my parents were there and they met the rep and she was like blown away that we did it. I'm like, are you kidding? Like everybody did it. And I guess like I guess it's not I guess it's still like a big deal for them to see that people like cared enough. Yeah. And, 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 like for me I'm just like whatever. I fucking brewed a beer and like I brew a beer every day. So or not every day, that's not true. I brew a beer every week. So like I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? And like I'm not like seeing any direct 
anything from it. But like for somebody who works for the company to see the over like just massive support for it is a big deal. And yeah. even like I mean I mean every it's it's cool. It's I mean it's just cool. Like I don't well, there's no other way to say it but like it was a cool thing that everyone did. I'm glad that, that I'm happy that everyone chose to everyone who did it I'm glad that they chose to do it. It's comforting to know that there is still this thing within craft beer. Like, it's not completely bastardized and turned into this big industry yet. Like, it still is real, and it still means something to all of these people that show up in tap rooms every day. You know, like, it's it's different than I think a lot of people that are maybe a little bit outside of drinking craft beer kind of understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like... Even, you know, so when we were up in Columbus, um, we, when we were in Wolf's Ridge, you know, we, that mm-hmm. wasn't a place that we had called ahead of time and said, hey, we're going to have a bunch of bloggers up here hanging out. Will you give us a tour? You know, yeah, none of that sure. happened. We just went into the tap room and grabbed, you know, a couple flights of beer. And on our way out the door, we started talking to somebody and it happened to be one of the owner's friends or cousin or something. I don't know. And she said, well, just wait until, you know, she comes back out and I'll, I'll introduce you guys. She'll, yeah. she'll give you guys a tour. And yeah. The tour was incredible. The cracked open a bunch of bottles for us, hung out, just was yeah. so welcoming. I, most of us were not from Columbus. Right. Most of us don't really talk about Columbus all right. that much. It wasn't like, I'm doing this to give get something in return. Right. It's it's a very genuine excitement about what it means to be a craft brewery. And it, it, it's it's different than I think people understand. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, and I think like craft beer has changed even in the three whatever I'm gonna just say three like in the three years since we've opened craft beer has changed and I know that like things are just different now and like you're never we're never gonna get back to the the good old days that a lot of people reference where like everyone was super friendly and like everyone loved each other and like everyone was best friends forever but like I think stuff like resilience I think when you have the experience that you did at Wolf's Ridge I think that you see that like the heart of craft beer hasn't changed. It's just like things are just a touch. It can be. It can be different. It can be here. It can be busier. Is the only thing. Everybody is much busier than what they were. Is I, the way I look at it. I might be. I might. <laughs> I might change the way you said that and just say it's businessier. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, and like I, I, I'm as guilty of it as anybody is that like it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to go and be like, okay, like, my competition did this, and I want to, like, help my competition. But the thing is, like, oh, I so there's a couple breweries in town that I, I think of as, like, our main competition. And, like, you want to name some names? No. <laughs> nope. They know who they are. And now I know, I, I, they, I hope they think of me as competition as well, because, like, it would make sense. But, like, if they desperately, I mean, if they, if they hit me up and needed something, I would still do it. And it's just like one of those things and I and I have and I know that they have as well and like it's one of those things that you just like you still do so even if you do it begrudgingly even from like a different side so I don't have to deal with the businessy side of craft beer that you guys have to deal with it's it's all very fun still on my yeah, end right but every year we do big sis yes and the last couple years it's kind of gotten a little bit out of control and turned into this weird kind of thing and it was hard to kind of tie it all together yeah that's definitely changing next year. It hopefully changed a little bit this last year, yeah. but 
there were still things that fell through the cracks. Yeah. And there are still people that I know should be involved and weren't involved. Right. Namely, you guys. Well, that was. And, and that's, but, 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 there, but there was a different. I mean, so this I'm, year was Kentucky Breweries, right? No, it was still just. I Everybody, mean, that's kind whatever. of the way I guess it, it worked out. But I mean, um, but but that's the, the communication is what's hard. But I'm still I'm sitting in the middle of doing a brewcast, and I see your dad stroll into the brewery with a basket tucked under his arm, and right. drops it off at the table, and you know, like. Well, and the thing, it, I it, think it still works. It's yeah. still like there's still like this thing here that people you can see it sometimes yeah. like that or yeah. like resilience or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Like it's still there. I think I think it's we're way off on another tangent. I know. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. But I think one of the things I think the thing that you see a lot now is maybe back five years ago, ten years ago. 99% of the people or 98% or 97 whatever a very the, the vast majority of people that were in the industry were good people I don't want to say good people but like non fuck god damn it <laughs> I'm just non super business oriented people well, that were it, really that really just were in it for the love of being in it and I now, know what you're saying. Yeah, it's a hard it's, way to say it. it. And I don't, I don't, everybody like is you can't you can't say that even you're not business oriented. Right? That doesn't no, come I, first. Like, no, absolutely. But like, I, I, I get I, what you're saying. 100. percent I'm not here to. I'm not like there are people str- that do not care about beer that are making beer in yes, Cincinnati. That's a good way to say that. And it's and it's all over the it's all over Ohio. It's all over the Midwest. It's all over the country. Um, there's people that just got into it just to get into it and. It, because they thought owning a brewery would be cool, and those people—that—that's not what this was supposed to be, right? And like, I'm all for making money, but I'm also all for like still being friendly with people and still doing the right thing and still all that stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I like I don't want to be. I think a lot of most places try not to be that brewery that doesn't volunteer to help anyone. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's. You never want to. You never want to be. You never want to be the the dickhead on the block. You want to be the and like even I'll like go. I will make sure like if I if I notice I haven't tried to help someone recently. <laughs> Does anybody need help? I'm like oh shit like and I will I will try to go out my way to like to say like oh like let me hit me up if you need something because like that's one of those things like sometimes you forget. Sometimes you get so caught up in the competition right. of making beer that you feel like you gotta, you, that you can't help anyone, and then you gotta like take a step back and realize that like one of the most important things about being in this community and being in Cincinnati and being in Ohio and all that is like is helping people and like helping people make good beer and like volunteering. Uh, volunteering your help when you can, and like giving support where you can, and all that. So, like, I mean, and just and just being open to it, being yeah. open to this idea that if you can help, you're not help. The if you can't, universe. if you can't, you can't. And right. that's it. Is what it is. Like, uh, like if I if I have malt to spare, like I don't know, somebody on the on the uh, Cincinnati brewing industry page right. asked for uh, uh, Maris Otter type of pale malt from England, whatever Munns. I don't even know who it was. I'm sorry if I'm I'm blowing your spot up, but like, I don't have it. But like, if I did, I would help. Right. And if I had it, well, if I had an extra bag, I'd help. I, I'm not just gonna give you a bag just because like 
I, I still just order what I need. But <laughs> so like if I had an extra bag, I'd definitely help you out. But like I didn't have an extra bag, and I'm sorry. I hope you found what you needed so you could make the beer that you wanted to. So it's just one of those things that like called Dogberry. They use a shit ton of Marisol. <laughs> there you go. And Marisol, great malt. You should all use it. Um, but that's one of those things. Like I, I just like. Things are different now. Things are even different from when we started. I know that we are not like Gen One of Cincinnati craft breweries. We are. We're probably Gen. I don't know, Gen Three. I'd have to really look at a list, and I, yeah, I would put you at like twenty three, twenty sixteen. I mean, yeah, I think I'd say we, three. I think I'd, we, I'd put you at three. So maybe maybe three or four, whatever. But like, we are. I there are still people that have opened after us, and I still like, obviously. Like, Luke works for a brewery that opened after us. Like there's like there's a tree from us to him, mm-hmm. and like uh, he hit me up and asked for Centennial for for resilience, and I had some, and he ended up finding something else. It didn't matter, but you still you just do what you do, right. and you you help where you can, and well, whatever. Everybody is still very tied together, and it's starting think, to get a know. little bit. It's starting to get a little bit further apart, but like <laughs> and they're so yeah, it's starting but to get a little. There's, but like, there's roots that just stretch from every place to every place. It's funny. I I was bored last night. I almost drew my brewing my my personal brewing family tree, <laughs> and I didn't because I wasn't that bored. But I was bored enough. But like, man, you see some of these guys. Uh, I mean, some of the originals. Matt. I mean, Mad Tree Ryan guys. Mount Carmel, Rivertown. Oh, yeah. I mean, am I missing? If you just look at Mount Carmel, Rivertown. Mm-hmm. We'll leave Listerman out of it because oh, that, yeah. that I mean, throws a whole I mean, other yeah. aspect into the homebrewing side. You look at those. I mean, just, just I mean basically R- Rivertown Listerman. Mad Tree or Rivertown yeah. Mount Carmel. Yeah. You can link up almost every brewery. <laughs> I mean, basically every brewer, brewer in Cincinnati owes something to Listerman. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 all of my homebrewing was supplies were purchased at Listerman. Right. I, I mean, or like online when I couldn't find it at Listerman. So like Listerman, who I think was the first brewery in Cincinnati to make a malt liquor. <laughs> that was one of their first, first four, and, first, first and, four bottles. First and only. Uh, I, as far as I know, but I can't guarantee that somebody hasn't put one on sure. tap. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's shout out to, uh, to Dan Listerman and his stupid malt liquor. <laughs> I mean, but that's, I mean, that's one of those things that like, you gotta, you, yeah, I don't know. It, like things are, things are as far apart as they've ever been since then. They're only going to get further apart. Right. Uh, but but a, find, lot of, a lot of places can still trace their roots back to certain people. And so find ways to keep those ties right. happening. Even if, like, a new brewery opens up and maybe somebody hasn't worked somewhere you have or whatever. Like, right. Just go in there. Like, hang out when you can. Talk to them. Talk shop. Share things. You know, like yeah. you're talking about throwing bags of malt back and forth and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, do that kind of stuff. Make those connections. Um I you know it breaks my heart that Cincinnati Beer Week kind of died last year and it yeah it needs I mean, to come back just for some of those collaborative ideas it needs to be thought of differently but I think I think that 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 is Cincinnati's probably greatest weakness as a beer city and I said it I had a I don't know you probably don't remember it but I do I was on my way to 
Oh, fuck, I don't remember. Uh, I think it was going to my buddy's bachelor party, and I was bored in a hotel, and I was a little drunk, and I <laughs> had a I had a full-on internet argument with some guy. <laughs> I've and, had many of those. And he, <laughs> he and I just flat-out disagreed about Cincinnati as a quality beer city because we don't have something like Tampa Beer Week. And I think that, like, the places... I think I don't know. I don't want to speak for anyone, but I think you'll. I think you'll start to see. I think Cincinnati could have it. I think that Cincinnati Beer Week has to be very different than something like Tampa Beer Week, though. Like it can't be this big sponsored kind of. Th- it has to be very grassroots, see, very think, like brewery driven. I think it could be. It, it could but be, but would, I don't it think would, it should be. It, it, it re- would require a lot of. Uh, it does not take it, despite what. The Cincinnati Beer Week uh, board wants you to think it does not take a lot of money to create a Cincinnati Beer Week. It takes a lot of cooperation from and, other people. And, and time and effort. Yeah. Time and effort. Time yeah. and effort is is definitely one of those things that all of us are short and on. I think, but, well, and the, yeah. And I but think, it's not a money issue. I think part of, yeah, I think part of the thing is also like you have you you need the buy-in from a lot of breweries that know a lot of like if we wanted to if we wanted to have a Tampa Beer Week Cincinnati Beer Week and we wanted to bring in 50 50 60 70 whatever breweries to Smale Park and we wanted to have like the hottest breweries in the country sorry if you wanted to bring in 50 to 60 breweries you can just have every local brewery right yeah <laughs> sure 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 you could but like so like I'm talking about like you want to bring in the biggest hype breweries in the country right. you need you need all i mean you need all 50 breweries to call in their favors to right. the people that they know and you better fucking guarantee those places that they're gonna they're it's gonna matter and that's the thing like i just don't know that not everyone's super interested in it, one. And two, like, not everyone has those favors to pull. Like, I personally do not have enough. I have friends, and I have friends that, like, I would like to bring here for mm-hmm. something like that. But, like, I don't know that they would be interested in it because it's not good business. And it's not, like, my my friends in the industry are... People don't give a shit about them. I mean, like, I mean, like, people—they're not—they're not hype. They're not the hypest right. breweries in the in the country. They're like guys that I've gotten to know but, from through whatever. You but know what I mean, if you had a beer festival, and if you had every single brewery in Cincinnati, even those ones that you. You go to tap rooms every week, but you still haven't been to that guy because yeah. he's over here and you live over here. Sure. If you had all of those breweries in one place, bringing something fun that yeah. they've made. I, that's an attraction. Yeah, that, I, 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 you don't it, need these hyped breweries to I think, create a know, really good that, beer I think festival. That's, I think that's also true. Like we could do a Cincinnati beer fest and do it with only Cincinnati breweries and do it somewhere and have it. It could be, and be really. Be, good. It could be really good. I agree with that as well. I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things where like you, there's so much like if you want to follow a Tampa model, you gotta you gotta have everybody who. Everybody who knows people pull their favors, and if you want to have a Cincinnati one, you could probably do it as well. And I think it'd be really good. But like, it's it's it requires a lot of cooperation. Well, I think it's a lot more. I think it's probably a lot more work too on the part of the organizers, like on on the organizers' part because it's a um, because it's you got to pull all the Cincinnati people. Like if it's if it's 
like the Tampa Beer Week, you have the breweries are the right. ones that you're putting the work on. If it's the Cincinnati breweries, you're putting the work on the organizers There's, to actually make sure that like everyone's bringing hype beer and good beer and like not just sending like they're blonde. Right. And to, to, to make sure that the event itself is in a good space and in a good area right. and like you're not just like throwing it in I, well, and, and, whatever and Tampa is one of those cities that has some some hyped breweries around it too that kind of yeah. make it a little no absolutely and like I think Cincinnati is either we're close getting we're there so close getting there I mean Urban and Listerman I know Urban and Listerman both trade it's just like we're gonna go full <laughs> beer nerd on this one but they trade for some pretty good stuff right um, I I don't know that. I mean, I I personally have traded my beer for good stuff, uh, but I don't know that like Streetside has the cachet that Listman Urban does. There's also weird things like, and I I not that not that it does or doesn't, but Rheingeist has some kind of power too. You see people in weird parts of oh, the country yeah, wearing Rheingeist, oh, wearing Rheingeist stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and, like, maybe I, never and had I a think beer. That, I think that like. Matry with their expansion across the state with their new with their new local blends thing is another big is another big like making Ohio their territory as opposed to just Cincinnati their territory. I can't wait till the uh, 1.0 speakeasy opens up. I'm just going to start saying it until it happens. <laughs> Brady? Let's, um, hey Brady, let's, let's drink another beer and wrap yeah. up the show since we're I over. Over schedule because we like, went on like all kinds of. I was uh, say, this, is, this has been a long one. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's all right. It's <laughs> what do you want to drink for our last one? Uh, do you want to do Masthead? Where's my birth or what? What's it called? Where's my the, birthday cake? Is that the one with the birthday cake that they threw into the mash? Yes. Yeah, and I, I they would kind of like to try. They that. can't not swear. Imperial cake stout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It's. They threw some cake in there, and they uh, the chocolate content is very high. Yeah, I don't have any like actually. I have a little bit, but yeah. Frank's over there, so I came in. Like, and we're back. Him. I mean, we didn't really leave. No, nobody we didn't. knows we left. We did. Now they do. Um, make sure we're recording again. Um, so to wrap things up, we're gonna drink some masthead beer because when in Rome. I mean, we're when, not in Rome. When, when Rome comes to you, when we're you sitting in the middle of the event, so. um, this is the this is technically their first celebration for their anniversary because I think they're doing like a belated anniversary at Masthead. If so I'm they right. did over the weekend, over this past weekend, they had their anniversary. I think they their first anniversary. But don't they have like another like actual like big party at the tap room? They coming are up? It was this past. It was Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Maybe. they released. So they released all these beers that were. So we're drinking. Where's my birthday cake? Yes. Um, which is a, just an imperial stout. Um, no, it's an imperial cake stout. Imperial cake their, stout. Okay. Imperial cake stout. Eleven point one percent. It's uh, has chocolate, vanilla. <laughs> so the description that I got off of something. I, the the lights shone down upon the beer. It's so um, it, the the notes from something say this is just one of those one of those thick pastry stouts that everybody loves, loaded with lactose, cacao nibs, Tahitian vanilla beans, and real birthday cake. 
We're not even mad that the Brewers dropped a birthday cake in the mash. So they did throw a birthday cake. They put a birthday cake in the mash. At least one. At least one. But I know that there was multiple takes, so there might be a couple. (laughs) It says by definition a pastry stout. You cannot argue this one. I agree. It's. uh, Have you had this yet? I had. I've had it multiple times. I had off the fermenter, which is a humble brag, and then (laughs) right now. So you guys went up there to, or you went up there, I don't know if anybody came over there. Steve and I. To uh, collaborate on the, uh, what was the one you guys, what was the Sophomore Slump. Sophomore Slump. Yep. So sof- Sophomore Slump is, uh, yeah, so Sophomore Slump was Imperial Berliner with um, Plum and Lactose. So you were there when they brewed this too, that same I day? Was not, no, no, no. That was, they did that, I think, a week earlier. Okay. So we, I was trying yeah. to figure out the math here and try to figure out how but, that worked yeah. out. So, uh, <laughs> how no, you can brew maybe, a beer like this that same day. Maybe two weeks earlier because I, I tried this basically finished off the fermenter and it was very good. And it's obviously very good right now too. Um, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying that because no one is who's listening to this is going to be able to try it because the, the six tools going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. If you, can get, if you can trade for cans, do it. Um, is this in cans? Yes. Oh, that's fun. Yes. Um, they, I don't have cans here. But they, so they are starting to distribute in Cincinnati. I feel like I saw something that yes. they are so starting I know, to move I, in. So I know Flipside had, Flipside up in Liberty Township or Liberty Center had right. uh, their IPA. Uh, I think that they've had some can, kegs down here. Uh, I don't think that they're doing cans down here. I And I'm the wrong person to talk and I should, I mean, he's literally <laughs> over just there. yell. Uh, if I could, if it wasn't so loud in here, I would yell at him and tell him to come over here. But it's, uh, they are, they have the ability to distribute them right. here. I don't know what their plans are, and I don't want to speak for them. But like, I know that like, obviously they they distribute to here, so they can. Um, well, it's Ohio, so I mean, right, it's, it's yeah. not hard to. Uh, but yeah, it's they. Yeah, so I I went up. Steve and I went up there. We did um, sophomore slump. Imperial Berliner with with plum and lactose, uh, and then that was a that was a that was an interesting brew day because it's strange. But when you've never brewed on somebody else's system and you try to mess around with it, <laughs> it doesn't always work it doesn't very react well. Doesn't it always work to. the same way. But it, I mean, it was fun and like I don't have these. I mean. These guys are like, I, every time I go up that way, I stop in. I mean, they are they That's, are a top, they are a top 25 brewery in, uh, no, I would, I'm going to go with top 15 to 10 brewery in Ohio. Like if you are in Cleveland, this is a place you have to go. It's one of those places that's been on my list since, I guess, since they opened last yeah. year. Um just trying to get up to Cleveland. To right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, me, but. like we're, I mean, obviously we're in Cincinnati right now. Like it's, it's a four hour drive. Like I get to go up there. I have gotten to go up there for collabs. We, uh, obviously, I don't know why I was saying obviously, but we have family in that area. So like, it's made sense for me to right. stop in. And this is, if Masthead was in Cincinnati, this would be my go-to brewery. So that's, there you go. So, talking about the brewery itself, yeah. um, I've never been there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you have. Yes. Uh, historic building-ish. It used to be an yeah, auto so dealer it, or something, I think. I, did, I, I didn't think, know that. But I it, think. So, 
it, they took their name from a from the paper. I think it used to be a. That story is amazing. Okay, so I can tell that story. I okay, know that tell one. It. So. In Cleveland, it was settled by Moses Cleveland, yes. you know, Holy sure. Moses, you know, that whole thing. He, after the Revolutionary War, he came in and settled the area. Yeah. And um, in, like, uh, I don't know the dates on this, but as the city started growing, there was a newspaper. Yeah. That the second newspaper in town started up, and they were trying to come up with a name, and they yeah. decided they were going to be the uh, the Cleveland Advertiser. And so his name was Cleveland with an A, yeah. and that was the name of the town, was yeah. Cleveland with an A. It didn't fit on the newspaper the way they wanted it. Right. So instead of changing the name of the newspaper or changing the typeface or whatever it is, yeah. they just changed the actual name of Cleveland in the name of the newspaper and took out the A yeah. and changed it to Cleveland just with the E. Yeah. And it didn't fit in the masthead of okay. the paper. Okay. And the city just said, "Okay, I guess that's how we're gonna we're gonna roll with it." They just kind okay. of, I guess, the newspaper became popular, and people were like, "Alright, that's how we spell the name of the city now." There so, you go. Because it didn't fit in the masthead, they changed the name of the city. Okay. So when when masthead was starting up, they kind of liked that idea of yeah. the uh, you know that spirit of just kind of being bold and winging it doing winging things it your you way yeah sure yeah, <laughs> I, I love it i think it's no i mean not only that an entire city would change its name because the newspaper wouldn't change the typeface yeah i love it <laughs> so yeah i mean i think i sorry i columbus is great too but i think cleveland cleveland's beer scene is one of the underrated beer scenes and i know that they're i know that their tourism board because i've been to right. gabf is really trying if you've never been to GABF which I, is well, I've never been little, thanks for rubbing it in my face a little, little deep cut but they have at least last year I think this year or this past year two years ago and this past year they did Cleveland had a tourism board uh, booth oh. uh, to advertise Cleveland breweries I think Cleveland's beer scene is one of the underrated beer scenes in the Midwest if not the US um, it's they have, they have some very good breweries. I think Ohio as a whole. And Ohio then, is incredible when you really look I, at it's, it. It's, I mean, it's funny because like we're gonna say this on a Cincinnati podcast, right. and no one, no one from whatever San Diego is gonna listen to this. Sorry if you're I know a lot to, of San Diego fans. Do you? Okay, yeah. okay. So no Actually, one from no one from uh, <laughs> Portland's gonna listen to this. Uh, but man, fucking Ohio's beer scene is fantastic, and it's it's one of those. Dumb Not thing. that we're biased or anything. No, but, I mean, yeah. I, like, I, but the thing is, like, I've been, I've been, God, I'm gonna fucking a humble brag city over here, but like, <laughs> I've been to lots of different places. I think Ohio beer is better than like, I mean, the vast majority of places I've been. Like, it's it's such a like a hard thing to say because like I I sound like I'm just like trying to hype up Ohio and like make it sound like it's it's something it's not but like Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus have some of the best breweries I've ever been to and like yeah you got to like sometimes you got to like so I've only really spent you know I can't, I've never been to Cleveland on yeah. like a drinking excursion but Columbus is where I'll yeah. I'll pull the example right yeah, yeah. now I about a year ago um, my wife was working in Columbus for like a week and she didn't want to be away from the baby, so she asked, you know, can you, yeah. you and the baby come up here and just sure. stay up here? And during the day, you guys can do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, Perfect. I'm going to drink yeah, it during absolutely, the day. Absolutely. 
I had a terrible experience in Columbus drinking. The highlight of my trip was BrewDog. Every other place I stopped in that trip was just kind of mediocre. And I, I had left with like this really weird impression of what Columbus was. Yeah. Then a month ago, yeah. I went up there and had the complete opposite experience. I'm like, oh my god, like, yeah, there's I, so many things happening here. And it's, I, I think that's the frustration, too, is trying to wrap it all up into the right package and show people. And that's, you know... Separate the... the Cleveland, obviously, if they're sending a, a tourism board to yeah. GABF, is on the right track to show the way things well, I, I, are I think the right it's, I think the key is to separate the good from the bad and like some of it is research sorry you probably didn't do your I, research I, I tried but I had a, I, but, I had a baby I, and I think I think also like breweries need to open earlier for the record yes that's I mean for that's, those of us that with babies is, honestly no that's <laughs> a, that is a, that is a big key like, without a bunch of people in the no, bathroom that's that's a thing for me I don't have a baby anymore that's I'm a, a terrorist that's a thing for me when I travel is like I can't go everywhere I want to because like I'm trying to fit it into right. a uh, like a mid afternoon to evening, right? And like I'm trying to not be hungover for the brew day the next right. day. So like I am very specific about where I go, and like if you're not open during my hours, like I'm not going to you. Sorry. Right. Um, or if I'm trying, not sorry, if, not sorry. I know none of you give a fuck if I'm there or not. They but, do, but the, but in the, in the in the bigger sense, yeah. they do. Like if I'm coming into a city and I've got a baby with me and I'm I can't get so far away from the hotel room and right. I can't do it right, within right, certain right. hours. Right. And I have to make sure that there's food and you know. Right. Get, well, you know, and, the th- and the thing is, like those are all things that factor into a lot of people yeah. during the week, especially. Well, and like I, so like. When I was in Cleveland for this, I went up the night before. Um, I went to Erie, Pennsylvania. I had Voodoo Brewery, which is fantastic always. And then I drove back to Cleveland, and then I went to Butcher and Brewer. Uh, I didn't go to Masshead because I knew I was going to be there the next day. And then I went to Noble Beast. And, like, those three, those three places, which were all within walking distance, are all, like... Some of the best places I've I, I've drank right. I've drank beer, not because of the experience, but because the beer was actually good and like the food was good and everything about the experience was good. And it's just like you don't always get that. Well, even like looking in Cincinnati and you know not naming any kind of names, there are places that are not the best breweries in Cincinnati. But when you put it into the bigger picture of who they are, where they are, sure how long they've been around you know there's 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 more to that story too but if you're coming into town and you go to three of those places yeah. you can look at it and be like what is going on like this just doesn't yeah, you really could, make I mean, sense you could, it doesn't you could, you could very easily in any of these cities cleveland columbus toledo akron whatever dayton you could go to the three wrong breweries and you could be like what the fuck are these people talking about this like this worst beer city yeah, ever like this is this is shit i hate it like like i'm i'm out on ohio as a beer as a beer state but like and the thing is like some of it is like some of the some of the best places to go and the most convenient places to go aren't always the best places to right. drink beer and that's not necessarily a knock on anybody but like it's just like well, case in point, you know, Blank Slate was right down the road right, from you guys. Sure. He was in a terrible spot. You catch the wind on, catch the wind on the right day, and it smelled yes. like shit. No, absolutely. Yeah. If if I'm coming into town and people say, "What's the best brewery to go to?" And yeah, Blank Slate, and you go there and it smells like shit, it leaves you with this 
horrible impression of what Blank Slate is, but that was not Blank Slate. And unfor- <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, like part of the thing is like what happened afterwards is a as big of a story. Like we, I mean, we had the same issue where like the wind blows and we get that 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 sewage treatment. But like what we did was we called every single day that we smelled shit and said you guys need to fix this and that's one of those things that they've they've been better about fixing they I've, have these, I've never had that experience here <laughs> but like I mean that's the thing like it's right. it's and that's it's um it's unfortunate it's one of those things that like he was very close and it sucks because like that's just like I don't know if he would have even if he would have called every day while we were calling every day they would have done right. anything but like We've mobilized our neighbors, and we've no- ma- mobilized the neighborhood, and we've mobilized ourselves to say every single time we smell the sewage treatment plant, we call because the only way you're going to get them to stop making it smell like shit is to tell them it smells like shit and annoy right. them because they'll do it out of pure, like pure annoyance. Right. Like we have to get this family to stop calling us. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's I mean, yes. But the, the the bigger point is like it's it's so hard to wrap an experience. The, separating the wheat from the chaff is the biggest is the biggest thing for anyone who is in a who is looking for breweries in in any city in Cincinnati or any city anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I've been to some shit breweries in lots of different cities, right, right. just via fucking going out and like whatever mm-hmm. we're traveling we're I'm trying some, and I'm like wow where's this, the closest brewery and yeah, see yeah, it yeah I'm like oh, okay <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna try this and I'm like oh wow this bad but like it's part of I mean it's part of it's part of life and like it's I think I think Ohio is showing that it it makes I mean Jack Yos has been doing it for uh, 30 I, I was gonna, well, something I was gonna say like Ten years that like I've been a, the, and, and I guess what Jackie O's is now is not what it was, right, right, right. Know, but like or whatever, but Jackie, yeah. O's, Jackie O's has been making world class beer that like everyone right. wants for a long time. You and you're starting to get more and more places. You've got I'm not gonna name any Cincinnati places because I don't want to offend anyone. But <laughs> um, you go up to Columbus, you've got Hoofhard, you've got Seven Sun, you've got Brew Dog. You've got uh, Wolf's Ridge. You've got a lot of places just very close together. I mean, that's just like, that's Italian Village it plus, right. plus Canal Winchester. Like, Italian Village? German Village. Italian Village. I have no idea. Okay. I think it's Italian Village. I just I named, about Cincinnati. I, I don't write about Columbus. I know. <laughs> right, so I just named Italian Village right there. That's three places that are fantastic. Um You've got, I mean, you've got places coming out with, I mean, North High comes out with Stardust to Stardust, which is a fantastic beer, and that's right down the in the Arena District, I believe. And then you go up to Columbus or Cleveland, excuse me, and you've got, I mean, you've got Masshead, you've got Noble Beast, and you've got Hoffer House in a triangle, and that's a two-minute walk to each place. Say what you will about Hoffer House, but they make good beer, and then you've got Noble Beast, and you've got Masshead, and they're right there. Not to mention, you're in Ohio, yeah. which... 
is also very convenient to uh, to lots of places yeah. in the country. You can you've call Fire State if you want, but like it's also Great a Lakes very, and you've got Ryan Guys, yeah. which are two, two of, of the, the largest the, breweries the top in the country. Fifty breweries in yeah. the country. I mean, and like, Sam Adams. And Sam. <laughs> I mean, you know. and Sam Adams. Cincinnati has the Sam Adams Tap Room now. Like that's the number two largest brewery in the country. I don't yeah, know. Craft brewery. Yeah. 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 Yingling. So, yeah, Sam Adams. Sam Adams. So like, what? You, I mean, like anybody can. You can write off. You can write off Ohio if you want, but like, I mean, you're. You can be as wrong as Frank Sita from Lucky Turtle says. You can be as wrong as you want to be, but like. It, it's straight up like you're incorrect now. Yeah. It used to not be that way, but it's like you are. You can be as wrong as you want to be now. But like Ohio is a is a craft beer state, and, and it, it just becomes more and more so every yeah, every time something happens. Yeah. It's it's absolutely. exciting. We again ran off on another tangent. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I think this is a good tangent to it's, end on. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I, yeah. I, I it's it, it's really like it gets me excited. Yeah. I, you know, there it's it's fun to go out and and get re-energized yeah. about what's happening, not just here, but uh, in in this greater area. You yeah, know, I know. I, I know. I talk about Cincinnati, but I do drink other beer. Yeah, you know, behind sure. the scenes, you know, let's not talk yeah. about it. But I drink lots of other beer too, and it's really exciting to live in a part of the country where it's a short drive to get to Cleveland, to get to Columbus, to get to Asheville, to get like there's. Yeah. Some There's really crazy stuff in like a really short day drive that absolutely. you can do. If um, if you've got friends that live somewhere else in the country, tell them just to come over here and just you know like spend spend a, a week or so just yeah. hopping around well, and, and like doing give, a thing. Give them give them good suggestions. Don't give them crappy suggestions <laughs> that like lead them into like thinking that Ohio sucks. Yeah. Um, but no, I think no, Mary Mary McDonald and Justin Heminger are gonna be super psyched that I <laughs> that I proselytized uh, Ohio for a little bit. Yeah, so well, it's it's fun, and I you know I've I've gotten a little bigger glimpse at some of the stuff that's happening around because of some of these other projects that I'm working on. But um, it is exciting, and yeah. I you know I is I. The only reason I spend so much time talking about Cincinnati is just because there's so much. To, there's so much to talk yeah. about too, and like Absolutely. there's, if there were seven of me, then maybe you know we'd branch out a little more more frequently. But thank you very much for hey. uh, for inviting me out and uh, sharing some fantastic beer, some uh, non pastry pastry stouts, and some very pastry pastry stouts. Yeah, and. Um, I love what you guys are doing here. I'm really, really, really excited to see how it keeps growing and progressing and um, watching you guys battle this idea of everything. <laughs> I think it's, like I said, it fascinates me to watch um, the traditional, the trendy, the the dark, the light, the hoppy, the not hoppy. It, 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 it blows my mind watching you guys battle that constantly. It's It's fun. It's, it's not fun for me, but sure. <laughs> it is fun, I've got, though. I've, I've, you, you've, got, you've got an endless source of Demogorgon at your control. I wish. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting to think about what, uh, what potential this place has in the coming years. You guys are still babies in the, uh, the craft beer community. so yeah. It's going to be fun to watch you grow up. Yeah, maybe. Thank you very sure. much, and we'll be back next week. I think Sam Adams is next week. Whoa. I think if my calendar's right, and that's off the top of my head, but soon, or something else next week. I don't know. Sensei Brewcast, the voice of Sensei Craft. 